Hello, and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. After the enthusiasm of last time's 5-2 win over Huddersfield, it's pretty nice for 2020 to bring us right back down to earth with a glorious 0-0 against Millwall, a game that showed that whilst the championship may be regarded by some as the most competitive and exciting league in the country, it is also absolutely, uncategorically, full of absolute shite. Game aside, it's been a pretty busy week for Stoke, with Peter Atabo leaving the club, albeit on loan, with a view for a permanent move, and summer signing Lee Gregory is, again, by all accounts, on the transfer list. Dave isn't here, but don't worry, he isn't taking a step back from being a senior wizard, although he isn't happy with how you lot in the tabloids are portraying (laughs) us. Instead, you're stuck with me again, Chris, but I am joined to discuss the weekend's match and everything else by Tony Lloyd and Thomas Thrower. Tony, firstly, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. I've had a tiny holiday and I'm refreshed and rejuvenated. <laughs> what? When you say a tiny holiday, do you mean you've been to a miniature world or it's been a, sh- a short break? <laughs> it was. It was three nights, so that's quite short because it was like three and a half days, and there was a tiny miniature world of ducks which was awesome there's a <laughs> tiny duck village quite near where we were staying and it had like little wooden houses and ducks living in them and also some guinea pigs sounds very threatening i'm glad you're safe <laughs> tom how are, how are you doing tom uh, yeah i'm good i'm here <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's all we can hope for really isn't it my goodness me well gosh <laughs> Get ready to feel even better when talking about this great game. Stoke City nil, Millwall, Gary Rowett's Millwall nil. Uh, I've titled this A Tale of Ineptitude? Question uh, mark. Before we begin, um, some some comments from people. Our defence, this is from on Twitter, uh, Rupert Goff says, Our defence couldn't pass the parcel. Discuss. Man of the match was Martin O'Neill for not selecting Tom Ince. Uh Okay, he, uh, poor game, particularly for the attacking players who created very little, etc., um, etc. Et Tony, I'll start with you. Was was this a game to to miss, or did you have to be there, or was it, as I've surmised in the intro, just one of those matches that is it's never going to be remembered? And uh, I, mean, I suppose the question then, I'll start more positively. Did anyone stand out for you as having a good game? I. Yeah, maybe. Um, I I think maybe I'm just in a positive mood because I'm all holidayed and I saw the sun this week, like more than once, and it was real. Um, but 21st against 7th, and it looks like we had the better of a fairly tight game. 90 minutes for Campbell, I think. Um, another decent performance from Allen, which is fine. Powell's carrying on his run of games and hasn't broken. Um, so that can only do him good, you'd hope. Um, I think the a- actual highlight for me was just after Liam Lindsay got his head knocked off, where <laughs> Powell's Pal just grinning, and like there's, st- there's still photos that just show him grinning and clearly loving, loving the fact that there's a bit of a rumble going off. But also he- he's just leaning in and just just poking people, pushing people just a little bit, just a little dig in the ribs, <laughs> and then stepping back and grinning. And I absolutely love that. Um, but I like, I just like that we're fighting and battling, and look like there's a bit of a team in there now. Not, not that long ago we would have killed for a clean sheet. If you think back and remember when we hadn't scored three goals in a game for about a decade, 
that wasn't that long ago. Uh, we've had two threes, a four and a five since Michael O'Neill came in. So a slightly grubby nil-nil against a team in decent form at the other end of the league probably isn't anything to sniff at. So, um, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, you I'm, know, I'm, yeah. Do you know what, Tony? It's your positivity that I like about you. I like that. Because <laughs> before, I, c- I could honestly say I didn't feel... I mean, I, don't, I can't say I felt overly negative about the game, but I certainly didn't feel all the plus sides that you've just brought up there and actually you've made me feel quite quite happy on the red card having now seen it back on highlights are we all in agreement it is definitely a red card yeah 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 i did i did see some comments earlier saying that it, oh no it's a 50 50 challenge i mean it's not it's a it's a running a running elbow, elbow. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the people's elbow from the top rope straight into <laughs> liam Lindsay's um head so you know that that is as far as my understanding of the FA rules of the game, a red card. Uh, technically, Tom, it was a flying elbow. Uh, the people's elbow was an elbow <laughs> drop onto the floor of the mat, and from the top rope. I mean, you're getting in ra- Macho Man Randy Savage territory there. So, bring get your wrestling facts correct. Come on, <laughs> good effort, no. Tom. <laughs> you, yeah, you, but you are correct. It is. I can understand um, from the. And if you if you weren't see have you goodness me if you haven't seen the highlights it can be quite hard to tell that he goes in with an elbow. I certainly at first thought it was a a coming together of heads when I just saw it happening in the in the match. But yeah, seeing the uh, the highlights again now, oh, it is it's quite nasty and it's mm-hmm. Liam Lindsay is I would say quite lucky to not have been hurt in that situation. Yeah, it was a 50-50 in as much as it was 50% elbow, 50% Adam's apple, I think. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, the, the el- Liam Lindsay is, is more made of granite than his initial small beard suggests, I think, because it, he, did well, he did well to get up at mm. all for me, but yeah. Uh, Liam Lindsay is, is an interesting one because he... I, I've heard people say he had a good game, or an all right game, and I've heard people say he's he's awful. Uh, Tom, I mean, what did you? Again, I suppose I'll ask you, what did what were your positives to take away? But what did you think of Liam Lindsay yesterday? Um, I think the Lindsay, the Lindsay problem, let's call it, is nicely summarised by the bloke who um, sat sat behind me, sits behind me, <laughs> sort of not quite directly behind me, behind me and 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 to the left if you're looking at the picture about six or seven seats back, back into the left yeah back into the left he, he he screamed at the top of his lungs Lindsay what are you doing why have you given the ball away again oh that was Klukas well, well Klukas you shouldn't <laughs> give the ball away anymore either um, I, I I think people have made their minds up about Lindsay oddly enough quite quickly because I think he's people have bemoaned our, our, our defence's inability to um to quote what someone said earlier to, to pass the parcel to pass a football and Liam Lindsay's actually quite good at passing a football and if we if we make him feel nice and make him feel like he's confident and he knows what he's doing he might get better at doing it mm-hmm. and carry on doing it and maybe if you play him against someone who isn't the living embodiment of a cart horse a very nice cart horse who did a great job last season in Danny Bart but you know you play him next to a Collins or a Shawcross I don't know. You could have a good little defender on their hands because I think it, 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 you just need to look at Millwall's sort of past 
between the time Millwall beat us to, to get James sacked, um, they, they lost the preceding game um, to that against Reading. And then they've only lost one more game since then. And that's, mm-hmm. that's two and a half months of not losing a match. I think at times we're a bit arrogant as to, to what we're facing in the championship and not maybe accepting our own situation. Because in the cold light of day, we're a side who are, are 20th. 21st, sorry, um, who've been struggling for any kind of results, been struggling to beat teams who are better than them, been struggling to get points against teams who are better than them. And we've played a side who found a way of playing. And specifically, the defenders have come up against um, sort of Matt Smith for the last 20 minutes, who's arguably the best target man in the league. Um, he's an absolute horrid, awful, evil git who's big and strong and wins headers. Um, and, and the bloke who was playing before him does exactly the same because that's what Millwall strikers do. And they, they, in both Barr and Lindsay, did the basics. They won their defensive battles. They really stopped Millwall creating very much at all. They had a few chances in the first half that came from second balls, etc. But I felt, yeah, they, they weren't, they were a bit unwilling to go super direct, maybe because of the fact that Millwall were playing three centre-halves who all looked like Tony Pulis's sort of dream footballers and scared the living daylights out of Sam Vokes. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think my overall conclusion on the match is, yeah, it was a terrible game of football, a nil-nil that shouldn't necessarily be sniffed at. It's a decent point. And I feel like I know where we're going now. I know what O'Neill wants. He's got this 4-2-3-1. It works. Nick Powell is a god in that number 10. <laughs> He's. I actually am more impressed with his, um, his work rate and defensiveness. And he like, he does what Arnie used to do. Midfielders will think they've got time. They're looking at Joe Allen and Sam Klukas and they're thinking, oh, yeah, I'll run up to you and then I'll make a pass. And then before they know it, Nick Powell's nicked the ball off them. He's come in from behind them and just sort of tapped it away. And he doesn't, he didn't sort of necessarily get the, the second ball after that tackle loads. But he was, he's a nippy little get. Like that, that poking in the fight was an embodiment of, of what he seems to be as a footballer. And if he can build his confidence and, and build chemistry with the attackers around him, I actually think we've got an absolute gem of a footballer provided he doesn't continue to be a chocolate teapot i think that's my genuine concern over over him is that i i don't have enough faith that he will remain healthy to to be a a constant threat in the team and that that kind of worries me because i thought um having that 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 pivot up the top um was really really crucial i don't think we were very good creatively yesterday but some of the few sparks came through him linking up play um luke barker on twitter says seems to me that a single pivot without a 10 suits us better than a double pivot with there was link up between the center backs and midfield as a result also would like to see vokes dropped campbell move central and valinden given a start of course valinden uh, came on as a substitute um not didn't really have enough time to to do anything too wild, but uh, it was certainly a game where James McLean had faded, and we needed that replacement. And to goodness me, to have wingers on the bench that was insane. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's 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 interesting that we have all these players, and yet I feel we're understocked with with quality in case one of them goes down. It's mm. it, it, it is an interesting interesting thing. Um, on on Lindsay, I do partly wonder if it's a 
almost like a cultural thing because I think that Lindsay is. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as say John Stones, but he's a defender in that new mold of he he is a ball player first, defender second, and I don't think it's a culture clash between what you want from football. I guess some people are really uncomfortable with that idea, and that's fine. You can be uncomfortable with that. It isn't how everyone wants to see football, but it certainly is a new type of defender that we're seeing more and more with. Um, I can't remember who it was who said it. Uh, Dubai Potter, sorry, on Twitter, had said that he'd like to see Lindsay partnered up with Shawcross because he feels that the communication would be better that way. Um, I... I <laughs> Is Any that because is that because Bart can't understand English or something? Just, <laughs> why why would that communication be yeah. instinctively better? Shawcross is more adept at picking up a Scottish accent. I, I don't know. I, listen, I think I think <laughs> I, I mean not to put words in the mouths of of, De, of Dubai Potter, but I would assume he's uh, insinuating that Ryan Shawcross is much, funnily enough, a better organizer, which you know not many people would say. But I I believe that point that Shawcross, when he is in our defence organizes things better and has that bit more experience and Danny Bart sometimes can seem just a little bit lost. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I stand corrected. I retract my that was just a comment. Li- hey, listen. No, 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 no that's fine. No, that was good. It's a good <laughs> open debate. <laughs> it, it might have been a language thing. I mean, da- yeah, like, to buy part of my come back and say, no, no, I, I have a good knowledge that Danny Bart cannot understand the word. The, the, specifically the words don't let it bounce yeah yes yeah. Or, or, yes. or head it to me yeah <laughs> i think i think i might be wrong I, in my head we've had like a half of shawcross and Lindsay together but 30, i might yeah have probably that. like 30 odd minutes when I, yeah. in that game that we won that shawcross was playing and then he was injured I think so, and I think that's the best half an hour we've had out of Lindsay as well. Although that was yeah. that was a game we suddenly looked like, oh, we've remembered how to defend. Even after he'd gone off, we still looked like we could defend. Um, so yeah, yeah. I've, I I I think Shawcross and Lindsay are, are my favoured pairing. Cool, and um, fair enough, fair enough. So positives, we I think quite comfortably played against a team who has been in very very good form. We clean sheet. That's always good. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my, my oh, and, and, a, and a, a few a few players have done quite well. I have far more negative. Starting with, um, I was not impressed by the performance of Tommy Smith yesterday. Um, I felt that he just seemed a little bit lost at times. Um, maybe because he hasn't played too many games. Although he does seem to be the favoured guy for uh, Mister Michael O'Neill, who I was definitely not going to call Martin. <laughs> um, that that's the start for me, Tony. Any performances that stood out for the wrong reason for you? I don't think so. I think yeah, as you say, Toby Smith is he seems to be first choice, but I think we've seen with definitely not Martin, um, Anil that the it, he will have a preferred player, but if if they don't reach a certain level for a few games, he he won't just keep playing them. CF Tom Ince. So, I think Edwards might be back in, or if if he has a problem with Edwards, then may, maybe right back or some kind of utility player who could play either fullback position might be on the cards in the next couple of weeks. Um, I agree with the tweet that says Michael O'Neill was man of a match for not selecting Tom Ince. Um, <laughs> I think 
Although it's it's already got to a point where I feel like it's just really harsh, even even though it's utterly deserved. <laughs> I, well, I, I just, just... I, that's just because you're a nice person, Tony. It's not his fault that's his dad, is it? That's, no, it's not Tom yeah, exactly. fault. No, that's it. I, I, I feel bad for his like family situation and also I, I, just, I just feel a bit bad for him. Uh, but at the same time, were he performing even slightly better, then that'd be better all round. So, yeah, I, I, I'm... As discussed, relatively content with a point against a better team when we didn't play well, and a few months ago we lose that game, don't we? Probably. Yeah, and I have a horrid feeling that you are absolutely correct. That um, <laughs> had this been a few, few yeah months ago, uh, this this wouldn't have been a game that we'd won. It would have been a sloppy goal that they scored, and we'd be feeling all down, and there would have been signs of positivity, but nothing, nothing there. I, I guess we 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 just a, we are just a work in progress, I guess, and I think people need to accept that. We will go on to in a minute. I get talk about generally what what are we at this moment in time as a football club? But um, Tom, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna poke you here and say I did feel Joe Allen had a good game yesterday. Yeah, I was but... about to say that my huge <laughs> negative for my agenda, Joe Allen continues to play well. Um, he does, he does. He does, yeah, I know. Cheeky little git, you know. You don't turn up for 24 months and then you decide <laughs> finally to pull your finger out and make me look a fool just because I photoshopped a load of tweets and news articles behind you Listen, your ears. if you are the, indeed the motivation that has got Joe Allen playing, then mm. so be it. To quote Mr Guardiola, if you need to hate me, Joe, hate me. <laughs> What? Could you do mock up like a little picture of Tom Ince with a load of words that his dad said? <laughs> no, because I feel that would be tantamount to bullying, really. So I don't think Fair that enough. would. I feel Joe Allen could take it. I don't know about Tom. So Joe, Joe Allen had a, a decent game. I felt Sam Clucas seemed a bit off it yesterday. By no means do I think he was awful, but he, he certainly wasn't the... Sam Clucas, who a few weeks ago we were saying, oh, he's probably going to end up in player of the season, was it? No, I don't think he... I think that that's probably the only person in the side who hasn't quite worked out what O'Neill wants of him. Um, I feel he definitely knew what his job was under Jones. It was be everywhere, pop up in the box, score a goal. Um, and I think, obviously, he was doing that to perfection, unlike any of the other 10 people playing with him on the pitch <laughs> at the time. Um, but, yeah, at the minute, he... He doesn't quite know if he's a holding midfielder. He doesn't know if he's a box-to-box. He doesn't quite pick anything up like he used to. And it's not that he's playing poorly. I just think it is just... It looks like that. He's still finding his feet in his role in this system. Can we, can we call his his current position like a false pivot? <laughs> we, Could that be a thing? We... Well, I, no, actually, to, to go back to the earlier point about a single pivot, I don't quite understand it because I don't think we ever used a single pivot. It was all a double pivot, and I thought we'd look much better with a double pivot at the bottom rather than a single because then we have, like, three holding midfielders who all look at each other when the striker's heading it to no one. <laughs> and now we have Nick Powell who's like, I'll have it. Listen, listen. Take it. Take that up with Luke Barker on Twitter, okay? I, I'm not here to get in the in the middle of your arguments on whether we have a single or double pivot. <laughs> um, I, I can't. It's a while since I read Inverted the Pyramid, but from memory, a pivot is basically in that context just a defensive midfielder, isn't it? 
Yeah, so we, we played with two. We played with Alan and Klukas. And you play with a single one normally if you're playing a three. So when we used to play um, Woods mm. and or Cousins with Alan and Klukas. For all the non... non those, those not fluent in pivotees or whatever you want to <laughs> call it. There's a you've just made me think there's a wonderful video of Brendan Rodgers when he was Liverpool manager at some press conference explaining the why he prefers a single pivot to a double pivot and it is it's like a 40 minute long press conference where he spends he, he, it's like one of the ones where he gets like salt and pepper shakers out and makes a pitch on his table and stuff it's a wonderful thing and you've just made me think of it um yeah um midfield wise then Nick Powell we, we like um, James McLean I thought he was decent yesterday he, he tired though definitely was tiring in the second half and he had his funny five minutes yes. where he was through on goal and he suddenly saw images of him celebrating in front of the Millwall fans who aside from maybe our own fans and QPR give him the most stick without a shadow of a doubt in fact it's not stick is it it's racist abuse Um uh, and I think he sort of saw himself scoring that screamer of a half volley and giving it very large to them. Um, and then he sliced it and then proceeded to slice across a few minutes after. Um, but that's fine. Yeah, he was tired. He will be tired. I bloody love him. He's just brilliant. I Yeah, I, I, I love you, Jim. You're, he, you're a good one. He certainly seems to be a player who does know his role within this new system of... Uh, Michael O'Neill, he seems to be, I, I don't know, like, he certainly, people will say, oh, yeah, he's just playing his, in his natural position of a winger, but I do think that there has been a noticeable improvement in him since uh, the change in management. Would you agree, any of you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, Tom, you felt he was good as a left-back, didn't you, so... No, no, I'm not allowed to talk about that. That is a hill that I am prepared to die on, but not tonight. <laughs> okay, I will not poke you any further for your <laughs> your opinions. Um, okay, th- and don't ask me about Gianelli and Bueller. Oh, bless him. I mean, I don't even I don't even know where Gianelli and Bueller is anymore. Like Tom's basement. I don't. <laughs> no, that was yeah. Put him in Etobo's chair that I kept in him oh, in the summer. Man. What a waste of time that was. Oh dear me! Oh. Like, right. So, as a whole, then what we we are now well into Michael O'Neill territory. What what are we as a football club? What is our our style our style of play? What are we doing? Because I saw a lot of people yesterday basically say that we were playing the same football as Millwall. And that provokes the question from Austin Pickles uh, on Twitter saying, would we have been happy playing Millwall ball if Rowett had stayed at Stoke? Are they the same thing? I I don't know. I think I, I couldn't really tell you what we're playing right now. I look to you, Tom, because you have stats. <laughs> I have stats, but I, I, what's, I don't have no, stats. What's your gut? For well, this. What's your thoughts? What's my gut? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, if you... I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tweet these in a bit. Uh, if you look at our average touch positions, we've got, like, two players other than Butland in our own half, and then we've got the, the full-backs and the double pivot on the halfway line and everyone else in front of them. Now, if I switch to Millwall's one, they have three players in our half and the rest of their team <laughs> in, in their own half. So I don't think we're... Um, 
with row at ball and and thank god because imagine having to watch that every week oh. jesus christ i i have sympathy for the millwall fans if they weren't winning games so Cheeky so, so you <laughs> think that we are playing better football than gary rowett produces yeah yeah without a shadow of doubt i think it is fairly clear what o'neill's wanting and we're getting there we are we, we we're an organized side in a sense of we when we drop into the deep block we have sort of two banks of four with powell and um votes in front of that but it's less about that that's more about our backs against the wall thing mostly what we are is trying to get the ball up to the far end of the pitch um which is why we've got vokes at the minute because he's our he's our best hold-up man who can score a goal sorry sorry greggy mate you just don't know where the net is um so we we play the, the the three midfielders closer to him because obviously he started with just the wingers and that didn't work because he was isolated and now we look a bit more supportive of him for the knockdowns and everything and then we're, we're a high pressing side in the opposition's half which I think Joe Allen has has led fantastically and and Powell contributes and McLean is obviously a great presser with his work rate out on the wing and I feel we're going to build towards that and it's becoming more and more clear because I think that's something I've noticed in what O'Neill said when he's talked about in Goy's performance against Brentford he said um, he's come in and he's learnt a lot and picked a lot up about the things, but he's still got some things to work on. And I think that's why he wasn't on the bench. And I think it's why Verlinden will be introduced slowly. I think O'Neill has sort of addressed the thing that Jones really um, messed up on in that he's he's come and said, right, this is what I want us to play. And we're all going to build towards that. I'm not going to tailor to you. You're going to tailor to me. Um, and then we'll have some other systems around that that we can switch to if we need to. Whereas I don't think Jones ever set his stall out soon enough. He went, oh, this is what I want to do. Oh, no, you all look shit at that. So <laughs> let's try this where you're a bit less shit. And then that 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 um, sort of hamstrung him for the entirety of his time here. And I think O'Neill hasn't done that. No, I, I think if we say Rauer is pragmatic i think we're pragmatic in a similar way but we're a lot more progressive it feels like um there's definitely more energy but like you say he's definitely set expectations that are really clear to the to the players and then he's measuring them against that and responding and it, it does it certainly feels like we're improving which is that's all you ask isn't it and if i mean if we carry on doing as we have been yeah it's gonna everything's gonna be all right yeah, well, I mean, that brings me nicely on to my question of what what are our aims for the rest of the season then? Because and and where and where are we at as a as a as a club? Because Atebo has gone in the week to Getafe. Um, by all rumored accounts, Greggy is transfer listed and could be going in the next few weeks. Um, so. What what is the club aiming to do, both in terms of this transfer window and for the rest of the season? What what is is the aim just to survive, or are they trying to do something or build something, or why is everyone leaving, etc. etc. Well, that's 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 what I've written down. I've just put survive. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything beyond that short term, except maybe trim the wage bill as much as we can within reason. Um, we're doing all right in a minute, but we've got West Brom, Swansea, and Derby next. So the next month is a bit 
shit looking, probably. But you, anything can happen. Um, Peter Tabor and Badu and Die. Christmas, Christmas gone. song ruined. <laughs> Again, yeah. Um, Greg is a weird one because he's he's the. I mean, Tommy, you've already said it, but he's the best hold-up player we've got, and we've had for ages. But the, well, he scored that really good goal though, yeah, which did. made it me think, so, oh yeah, no, this so is sweet. it. Yeah. It was such a good, such a lovely shape. That, it was a wonderful shape. Yeah, um, it is the weird one because uh, uh, Badu and I and Atebo, I can understand if they were wanting to play at a higher level and they've gone to play at a higher level. Gregory, though, it's a, it's a weird one because as I mean, he isn't a good finisher, but yeah, his hold up play is is good. And even if you're keeping him as a rotated option, he's better than than other options that are out there. Like I don't really understand why what's gone on there at all. If if he's on if he's on big wages, then I can understand it. Which yeah, could, and, and, and he was if, on a free, wasn't he? And if Neil Harris is willing to. It actually like really wants him and Cardiff for putting some money up. It, it probably makes sense to O'Neill as someone yeah. who doesn't hasn't bought into him and invested as much in him as Jones had. Yeah. Um, to just say, yeah, you're on decent wages because you came in on a free. We've got decent money set up for you. That could help us go and sign. I don't know. Uh, Sam Cosgrove is the only one we've really been linked with. Um, and I think O'Neill will definitely want a new striker. I think that's something that this system really lacks because Vokes can do the hold-up stuff and I think he's actually got much better at that as time's gone on. He looks stronger and he looks able to jump without his head staying in one place. You know, like when you move <laughs> a chicken and their heads stay in one place. Sam Vokes Steady was a bit cam. like that when he jumped, apart yeah. from his head stays and he didn't go any higher. But he's getting better at that. But I think his lack of ability to run in behind, especially against a side like Millwall, really killed us. Because the amount of times Bruno played balls into the channels and just everyone looked at it as it sailed out for a goal kick. It was a bit like, oh, good good try, Bruno. Maybe if you had some more competent teammates. Greg is just probably a, a casualty of the new regime. I think I don't think it's a comment on him as a footballer. I think it's more just an acknowledgement that he'll never be able to give O'Neill what O'Neill wants and maybe other people want him. So a happy goodbye after a short time. Yeah. I mean, if if we didn't get anybody in to replace, like you can see a loan coming or something, some exciting youth or pacey prospect to battle for that spot. But then the alternative is getting somebody else in on the right and moving Campbell inside maybe. Because he, he's got that pace and does that. It's just he's doing it from the right-hand side at the minute, which we assume isn't his natural position. No, and he did show that ability to hold up because I think he uh, absolutely bodied one of Millwall's fullbacks at a point. They they went to knock him off and he just sort of shrugged his shoulders and this six-foot-four bloke went tumbling away from him. <laughs> I don't but know. Yeah. We're Stoke, so you absolutely know that Scholes is already on the phone to Crouch wondering if he wants to just come out of retirement for four months or whatever. Look, you can do a podcast from the bench. I'm sure it'll get a good content. <laughs> yeah, you can write another book off this. Oh, it's all about that book content. <laughs> How I single-handedly kept Stoke in the Championship. How I single-handedly got Stoke in the League One. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no! Please no! Please no! Just don't even toy with that idea. Um, 
Yeah, it is a weird one. Do you think, Greggy aside, anyone else is destined to leave this window? Tom Ince, if God's real. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, I do hope that happens. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's hoping that, but then realistically, no one's going to come in for him, are they? No. Well, his, his, his dad will be speaking to people, I'm sure. He could go to a- AC Milan, couldn't he? Yeah. With Bego. Yeah. With Asmi Begovic. Yeah, that would be nice. Bego, Bego's quite bright. He'd warn him off, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be like, I've seen this bloke once. <laughs> that was enough. Um, I, don't, I don't really want any of our um, better players to leave. But um, including Alan in that. But I, I do see the positives of we seem to be trying to have a huge clear out. Yeah. Um, where we can and then getting some keen people in on the cheap who want to progress and fight for places and I think Michael O'Neill is probably well suited to picking those and infusing them in the project um, but I think if, if I don't think that would do us any harm to have that clear out where it's possible to do so and it will give us that lovely warm feeling like when you pay a credit card off or something <laughs> so I've heard um, but I'm I'm definitely happy we've got Tymon and Verlinden back. Mm. Um, I think that's a really good bit of sort of incoming business. And assuming Tyrese stays fit, or stays even, and keeps working and Pal stays fit, then a couple of additions to give us a bit of interest, it should help us push us, push us along. But I, I think, and Ryan coming back as well, hopefully. So I'm, I, I don't think there's anybody, I don't think there's, I don't think we need much. I don't yeah. think it'd do us any harm to get stuff, but I don't think we need much. And I definitely ward us against getting the checkbook out a bit too quickly because clubs are... Um, I don't know if anyone saw on The Athletic something about how unsuccessful January transfers are mm. and specifically strikers who are January transfers. Mm. And I thought the actual uh, direction that article went in is, therefore you shouldn't sign anyone in January... I think that's wrong. It's more actually evaluating how in January teams' decision-making process is really, really yeah. shit because everyone craps themselves about needing to get that last bit in to get them in the playoffs, keep them in the Premier League, keep them in the Championship. And uh, having just quickly done the maths, um, on the points we've got under O'Neill so far, we're averaging about 1.4 points a match. Um, and with our 19 games left, that would give us another 27 points, which puts us onto 52 points, which means we should stay up um, with, with what we've got at the minute. And and obviously it would be complacent to say, there you go, that's fine, we don't need anyone. But also I think we've got to acknowledge that all our failings come from rushed transfers who don't fit into people's systems, who are shit people, who don't do their jobs <laughs> properly. Um, uh, so... We don't need to deviate from what O'Neill wants. If we're signing someone, it has to be someone who Michael O'Neill would want if you offered them to him on the 1st of June 2020 and not someone who he's gone, I mean, yeah, if the deal's there, take him. I want Tom, people to... Tom. Yeah, I, I, I know. feel like I'm this pretending is your first competent. transfer window. <laughs> window. Stoke City, Stoke. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, yeah, because I, I uh, definitely feel that isn't going to happen. No, it can't be. I've just given Tony Skulls an excuse to not spend money. Please, go on, do that. I dare you. 
please just just don't be an idiot. <sighs> They're going to be idiots. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's Tony Scholes is the one who's going, oh, I want to sign a player. I think it's the other members higher in the board are going, oh, we've got loads of money and we want to spend it. I want a trinket. And, and he's like, oh, well, uh, I've heard of Corey Evans. Um, oh, did you see the Cor- the Sentinel article yesterday saying transfer target Corey Evans was stretched off with a suspected double fracture? And then you read on and it's his nose and his cheek. Brilliant. Which is which is still oh still God. not yeah. very pleasant. No, but, but no. Pete Smith, Pete Smith, an associated sub editor. I am shaking my head at you. <laughs> that, you know what you're doing. That is what they call the doing clickbait. I, hmm. I, I expect better from Pete though. Yes. Good old Pete. Yes. Well, we'll we'll just That's pretend that Pete, Pete had nothing to do with it. He's got his name on oh. That's my issue. That's why I'm dragging him through the dirt me, specifically. Me, well, if, listen, if he'd given everyone a five, that's something from, else. But. From, my, from my small knowledge of Twitter spats about newspaper stories, the writer of the article doesn't necessarily always write the headline. So, so mm. Pete, we believe in you, is all I'm going to say. We are <laughs> one point above the relegation zone then, but uh, we do have a considerably better goal difference than Huddersfield above us and Barnsley Wigan and my god Luton Town below us. Um, it's shout out to Luton Town for just giving up on defending. <laughs> Fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> it's still it's still really close though, and it it does. Looking at the table now, it does worry me. I I, I I've not checked the table properly in a while and looked at where we are in relation to other people. I've watched the games and felt like things are coming along nicely, but it does look a little bit worrying when you look at that table. Hopefully we can get something in the next few games, but my God, they're tough fixtures. Although Derby are pretty bad. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, Wayne Rooney's Derby, Wayne Rooney's Frank Lampard's Derby County, the, the, the best (laughs) team in the world. Um, yeah, goodness knows it's going to be a fun new new year, isn't it? I have a burning hot take on the league table. Oh. If anyone wants to, hear oh, it. I'm always all ears for your hot takes, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I watch can't. out, watch out for Charlton Athletic, aka Falling Like a Stone FC. Oh, really? Um, who have picked up seven points, seven, seven since since the first of November, seven points. That is a, that is a while, isn't it? That is a long they time are. of being shit. And yet, which, of course, guarantees they're going to go on a run and yeah. smash everyone, yeah. including us, on the 8th of February. <laughs> With a, they say. have a goal difference of minus three, so it's not the be-all and end-all for them. That is for sure. It's tight. It's a tense situation, and goodness knows, let's hope that we can keep trundling along in the same way. Because I do think if we keep going in the similar fashion to we are now, we we should be, fingers crossed, Okay, goodness knows if we got better, then my God, we could be anywhere. We, we might be lower mid-table. Yes. Oh. But, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Steady on. But that's what we can dream of right now, right? Yeah. Oh, well, unless you guys have anything else to, to discuss, um, I will say we could wrap it up around about here. Um, if you are listening to this and you think, this is awesome. I love listening to these podcasts. If only they came out on a daily basis. Well, good news for you. Our Patreon account has just that. Dave, if you've been missing his voice, don't worry. He's over there on Patreon giving these five-minute little rambles into 
into his microphone on his thoughts of the day. They've been nice, to be fair. I don't know if you two have listened to any of them, but it's it's been nice mm. to to hear Dave just talk about the Atebo situation and whatever else. So again, if you're not on Patreon and you think, oh, well, support these guys, um, help them maintain their goddamn equipment, and in return get Dave's. <laughs> Or whoever's actually, because it's open to any of us to record, guys, just in case you know. If you want to say anything, Tony, on a daily basis, you can. It's allowed. Um, but you, the daily podcasts, um, Potted History featuring Dave and Tony. What year are you up to now? 18... Something. 18 something <laughs> selling it's been it's been a while we've been very busy not doing you that. have but I, I do believe it is coming back yes def- oh def- definitely it's just it's but don't tons of work back. for me yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of research going on and it's I, I've been on holiday <laughs> and also just just it's been a busy on couple a... months so there's been a, a bit of a hiatus but it is definitely yes. definitely coming back on your mini holiday to the mini yes. world um yeah, yes. if you if I've you done. do want to support the podcast in any shape or form, uh, uh, Patreon is the place to be. You can get the link off our Twitter account. Tony, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I have one bit of other business, which is just because it, it's us three, um, just revisiting the last time it was us three, I oh, think. No. Have either of you watched Next Goal Wins yet? <laughs> No. Uh, no, sorry. No. Pair of shits. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. I think we we should do a special pod where we all just watch it live somehow and then you okay. two can go, ooh, and wow. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> or, or, or we could not. Oh, we should could. still definitely watch you, it. I mean, it's really good. Tom, do you have any visual recommendations, any series or films to watch to recommend? <laughs> no. no? oh no i do i do have um a a really good series i don't it's really weird it doesn't come out like regularly it's not like once every week but um whenever you see bournemouth on uh sky it's really fun watching eddie howe get relegated that has given me so much joy i recommend everyone have a go i I, do you know what agreed absolutely agreed a fantastic fantastic recommendation there well if there isn't anything else to say i will say thank you tom thrower thank you everyone thank you specifically wait for this joe allen for turning up clip it and put that on a loop and keep that for when anyone ever says on twitter that tom thrower has an agenda because he's He's, he's, he's... <laughs> he has several. <laughs> Tony, thank you once again for your company. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Liam Lindsay. <laughs> and thank you for listening. I hope you all have a pleasant week. We'll see you next time. Go on, Stoke. <laughs> it was lovely.